Epic lulls. Give me the lulls. I've fallen into an epic lull, let me tell you. L-U-L-L. <laughs> Two L's on that L with three L's. <laughs> Two L's in, in that L with three L's total. <laughs> Cumulatively, perhaps five L's. We will never know. <laughs> like to give a shout out to a friend of the show Jeff who sent me a message the other day saying that TikTok was stealing my content and then proceeded to send me a 5 to 10 minute long TikTok of someone reciting the pink ping pong ball joke Uh, so Jeff never do that again and welcome back to Zero Credits the show where we talk about things uh, my name's Henry. And uh, my name is John. And together we're Henry and John, coming at you to discuss what's happening in the world today in regards to what's happening in that there cultural zeitgeist. I can't let it go. I can only make it longer. Yeah, no, I think we landed on something that was serviceable and shorter in the past, but now we just have to double down and make it longer. Yeah, until we can remember which one it was, we will continue to do both and fear that not saying one or the other will jinx us into irreparable damage of the podcast. Yeah, and the podcast can't get damaged. It's as pristine as it's ever been. Yeah, it's in complete and other tip-top shape. John, ask me about the state of the inner workings of our podcast. Uh, tell me about the state of the inner workings of our podcast. I bet it's good. I bet it's greasy like a fine engine. Is that in- indicative of the state of our podcast that you audibly cracked a drink? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I-, I stayed up late last night fixing our podcast so that it would actually update, because apparently some people hadn't gotten a new episode in two weeks. Oh, we weren't on hiatus? We were not on hiatus, John. We had f- we had, we had recorded episodes and-, and released them onto our RSS feed, so... People who weren't getting their, their podcasts through Apple Podcasts or a scraper that only scrapes Apple Podcasts uh, had no idea that there were two episodes out there just floating in the ether. Uh, now, I, I can't help but wonder what would cause the issue with Apple Podcasts. I wonder if it's because we didn't give Steve Jobs his money. It could be that we did not give Steve Jobs his is comp- <laughs> oh god, I'm dying. Complimentary bribe, uh, but also that could be countered by the fact that Steve Jobs is dead. Oh, Tim Cook, then. Oh, I don't know. I've never met the man. 
Uh, he wears a little turtleneck. I thought that was Steve Jobs. It's both of them. Is there like a uniform over there at the Apple CEO store? I, I truly don't know. I feel like maybe when the turtleneck guy dies, don't be the next turtleneck guy, but his choices are his own. Right. We can't. Maybe the shareholders were like, we got to see him in a turtleneck. We got to see that turtleneck. If there's not a sexy little old man up there in a turtleneck, I'm divesting. <laughs> I'm selling my shares and investing in the first tech entrepreneur I see in a turtleneck. <laughs> I'm investing in the first sexy little old man I see wearing black. Oh, what's that? The Six Flags guy? <laughs> do, 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 do. Copyright. Uh, yeah, we cannot, under we cannot. any circumstances, acapella that Venga Boys song. Nope, that Venga Boys song is off limits to us and God. It It is irrelevant whether or not the Venga bus is coming. We cannot say it. We can't. We can't warn people. If the Venga bus was about to hit like a stroller full of old babies, <laughs> we could not, we could not in good faith sing out the song to warn them to get out of the way because it's just, it's off limits. It's a classic moral conundrum, right? Like you have two tracks, one of which has one person on it and one of which has a hundred people on it. And the only way for you to choose is to scream the Venga bus is coming. Yeah, but you can't because it's copyrighted. So it's going to hit all those people. It's going to hit 101 people. Yes, <laughs> instead of the one person, it is 101 people. It is a bloodbath when the yeah. Venga bus destroys all those souls. Well, you see, the Venga bus is rocking so hard, it somehow like lodges its back wheels from the track and it lands on the other track and is skidding on forward on like a <laughs> diagonal in order to hit both, <laughs> both groups of people uh, nearly at the same time. Yeah, it, it engages in double track drifting to kill as many people as possible because you could not say the Venga bus is coming. That's correct. However, I can sing the little uh, the little bar that do 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 deja vu da ba da ba da ba ba da. Yeah, that's legal. That's legal because it's a meme. Yeah, uh, the Venga bus. Never became a meme. I don't know. Yes, the Venga bus is coming and everybody's jumping. New York to San Francisco and intercity disco. We like to party. We like to party. Oh, no. Actually, the song weirdly portends the uh, scenario we've laid out. The wheels of steel are turning and traffic oh lights are burning. So if you like to party, get on and move your body off of the train tracks. Off of the tracks, presumably. For, sh for sure. Uh, I, we're already off the rails, John. I am drinking the last of those mermaid beers from last week. So we can skip the demented copy. We've already read it. Uh, what are you drinking to this week? Uh, rest in peace to the blonde Kolsch. I am drinking a mixed drink just because I just got back from a vacation and haven't had a chance to buy beer. So I've made uh, the the sad boy, the saddest little boy's margarita, which is just the little bit of tequila I had left over and a sweetened lime soda. Oh, wow. That is, that is a poor boy's tequila uh, margarita if I've ever heard one. It's great because I, d I don't put ice in a glass when I'm podcasting because of the noise. Uh, so it's just what looks like a glass full of water, but it tastes like aspartame and tequila. 
Amazing. That's two flavors. That's the note profile you want, the mouthfeel that you need. It, it gives you, listen, it's got everything you need to get through a podcast. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the world today, John. A lot. Uh, so we both went on vacation this past weekend. Yeah, we went on. We went to the same place, one might say. Yeah, we went on the same trip, one might say. And I don't know about you, but I spent the entire weekend in various the, the various cycle of drinking too much, waking up and needing to do all of my little my little hangover cures into drinking way too early into having a hangover kind of thing happen kind of in the late afternoon into drinking too much at night. It was a very hazy weekend for, for one me. Yeah. So I, uh, really my heaviest drinking happened on the first day. And, uh, I, I think I really kind of turned myself off of it because I was drinking consistently throughout the entire day from the time we arrived at the airport well into the night. And uh, I don't know if everyone else is this way, but I have to, I have to cluster my drinking to have the desired effect, which is like feeling loose and fun, and then becoming an idiot, and then realizing you're an idiot later, and having a lot of shame, and walking around shame faced, and you have a headache. That's usually what I like to do. Uh, but since I was drinking early in the day, I basically just kept. Not really getting buzzed, but being progressively more like day hungover as the day went on. It was it was truly unpleasant. So I only had a couple beers for the other few days we were gone. Yeah, I, I kept developing a headache in the same spot over and over again, which is to say just the same headache. But sometimes I drank enough to make it go away for a little bit. Yeah, it was. Uh, I also didn't sleep a lot. I don't know. As I get older, I'm starting to learn there's real value in taking care of yourself on vacations and not pushing it as hard as you possibly can. But how am I going to in- ensure that I have a good time unless I'm rushing from thing to thing, uh, two beers in hand? Let me tell you, when I went to bed early on one of those nights, that was the best time I had <laughs> that whole day was just going to bed early. Oh, it was man. great. I went to bed early every night. That was my secret. I, I got, I got, I got the most sleep smart. on the trip. That there was a lot of people po- stayed up to like two or three a.m. Yeah, at one point that I was dealt into like a this a guessing game, like a competitive guessing game, and I actively fell asleep holding the cards, and then uh, I woke up for like one round, saw what it was going to be, and, and just announced, "I got to go to bed, guys," and left. That listen, not a bad way to go. At some point, I. Uh, I engaged in additional activities and uh, activities that made me sleepy. And I just turned to someone. And I said, Hey, I'm going to go to bed now. And since the weekend was about me and my fiance, uh, that kind of really killed the party. Uh, but Hey, it was great. I love to sleep. Hey, sometimes people just know people need to know that the party is winding down. Uh, sometimes they need that. They need that little push toward the bed. Uh, just like I needed that push toward the whiskey, because that let me draw a boundary around my drinking. I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep drinking, but I'm not going to mix beer and liquor. <laughs> yeah, that is a really, generally a very good practice. Yeah, so little self-control, which is just to show the podcast, hey, we're growing. Hey, fams, we might still get, you know, drinky a little bit, but we're growing. We're, we're getting a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we're growing. We can be sober for two weeks. I don't know about that. 
I mean, you were sober for two weeks during the week, not on the weekends. Right. And I was sober for like almost two months straight. See, it's listen, you get temperance with this podcast and temperance does not mean abstention. No, just just uh, just uh, restraint. Right. Yeah. We're a stoic podcast you know the ancient stoics teach us epictetus once said don't buy such an expensive lamp anyway come to my bookstore buy my 70 books about stoic philosophy um because that's what people need books about books that are free epictetus though yeah he had some epictetus right is that what we're going for sure yeah Epictetus, was he the one who used to be an enslaved person? (laughs) They all were slaves, weren't they? No, not Seneca. I feel like Plato was, and so was Esophocles, and so was Eurydice, and so was... I don't know any... I don't know any philosophers, Sean. I've got the the COVID fog. You don't have COVID. Not that a test has told you. Not, I've not tested positive whatsoever, but I have all the symptoms minus the fever. Yeah, uh, so Allison had all the symptoms without the fever, but did test positive. So maybe you just have the crud. I just I have the travel crud that you get after you travel. But John, there's a lot going on today, unless you were trying to launch into something with that, that stoic philosophy stuff. No, I absolutely was not. I was uh, lightly making fun of another podcast from the Austin area. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, wait. There's, like, multiple options. Is one of them, like, Joe Rogan? No, it's the Daily Stoic. I actually like Ryan Uh, Holiday a lot. Uh, So don't don't listen to me. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm just going to move on. Um, John, it's not every day you come across a headline in the news that just stops you in your tracks and makes you like click and read the article. Oh, um, but in this case it happened. Uh, I came across a headline concerning one of, one of our friends of the show. Uh, they've never been on the show. They don't know the show exists, but we have covered them before. Uh, but so the headline reads Guy Fieri can't stop going to rage against the machine concerts. I listen, this headline is already about two things I care deeply about. Yes. Uh, the major, the major, <laughs> the mayor of flavor town attended recent shows in Cleveland and Raleigh. <laughs> it's, it's important to note He has since left military service and is no longer the major of flavor town. Right. But, but also uh, retired generals are always just generals. You never call them like ex general or retired general. Uh, so I will be referring to him as the major of Flavor Town from here on out. He was dishonorably discharged, though. Not in these eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he will always have valor. Uh, Guy Fieri can't just can't seem to get enough of seeing Rage Against the Machine live on their long-anticipated reunion tour, and who can blame him? Just days after a video of him rocking out of Ju- at the July twenty seventh. Cleveland concert went viral viral on TikTok. The major of Flavortown attended a show in Riley, North Carolina. I I didn't assume. Oh my god, the pictures are great. Oh man, he's having a blast. He's having so much fun. He has a son named Hunter. Yes, uh, he was uh, somewhere in this article. He was introducing Hunter 
uh, to Rage Against the Machine and, and was basically saying, like, you're going to have the time of your life at this concert. That's why we're here. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I cannot blame Mr. Fietti because Rage Against the Machine, it, good concerts, good shows. Good shows, good message. And that the message is that we should be angry against the machine. I mean, so this is... You're not going to register an opinion on this, but Rage Against the Machine, uh, kind of the first big, like, new metal group in that it's traditional, like, kind of metal rock music with rapping by one Zach Della Rocha, uh, fantastic guitar, Tom Morello. Uh, Rage Against the Machine is great. Uh, I am so happy that Mr. Fietti gets to enjoy them. Oh, he's doing way more than enjoying them, John. He he's he, he's like riding their spirit wherever they go. Is he like a rage against the machine deadhead? Yeah, <laughs> like I believe is, is he, is. he following them around in a van. Oh my god, he's got like a cigar in his mouth and he's a got stogie. like a bottle of tequila. He's got a bottle of tequila and a stogie and he's just he's he's just vibing and jamming out, man. I don't know if you're looking at the same picture I am, but there's a woman in the far right corner who's looking at him like rapturously. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's videos. People uh, are like holding drinks up for him to take. Life is good when you, you've got just like the, the smallest amount of wholesome fame because, yeah, people people want you to have a good time just as much as you want them to have a good time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know the internet shit on Guy Fieri for a while, and I am genuinely trying to pronounce his last name as he prefers it. Fieri. Uh, but uh, eventually the internet kind of turned back, realized he's like a genuinely decent, if silly guy, and he, I think everyone just loves him now. Uh, so Guy Fieri definitely did what few people can do. Because, yeah, so he has this brand, and he's, he's stuck with the brand. The internet got wind of the brand and, like, tried to tear him down. And instead of getting mad, he was just like, well, people are just having fun the way they want to have fun. I'm going to continue do, doing what I do with a smile on my face and, like, with so much just, like, gratefulness that I can live this life the way I want to live it. Also, donating tons of money to, to charitable causes. Oh, Guy yeah. Fieri seems to be a, a pretty decent guy. And also, from my understanding, from the people he has cooked for, he, he's actually kind of a great chef, too. We've, we've said it before on the podcast, and we'll say it again. Every time that there is a natural disaster in the California area, Guy Fieri shows up to feed the first responders Without being asked and without ever asking for any publicity, he, he, he'll take photos with the responders, but he doesn't want any publicity for the, the the charitable acts he does. And I believe that is the mark of a true person who's has fame that's worth having fame ishness about him. Yeah, I, I have reason to believe that he is like a lot of us. Anyone listening to this who is deep into Food Network and the culinary scene since the early 2000s when it was one of the few channels that you really liked on TV will know that uh, we were robbed of a Mario Batali uh, because Mario Batali, similar large personality, though veered much more on the traditional Italian cooking side, 
uh, kind of a jerk, it turns out. Uh, credibly kind of a jerk. Whereas Guy Fieri is just... Here's what I think is fascinating about Guy Fieri is that he has embraced a style of new American cooking that no one in the culinary space will touch with a 10-foot pole and that he has kind of mastered and made his brand out of big he's hyper chilies he's mega applebee's he's like let me take comeback sauce and, and perfect the concept of comeback sauce let me perfect buffalo wings and jalapeno poppers it's like a a whole strata of food that no one takes seriously except him it's great I mean, yeah, he, he champions this style of food and is his his long running show, probably in its one millionth season. You know, dining's driver, drivers, divers, dine, di, dr- driving, and then the dives. <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want to take that clean? <laughs> diners, drivings, and dives. <laughs> oh, and uh, the the thing. So my dad really loved that show. And still loves it, probably. I just haven't been home lately. Uh, but I used to watch it with with uh, him all the time. And I probably still would if I was still there. Uh, but the one thing I noticed by Guy Fieri and his, his hosting personality is he never has a negative thing to say. Like, even when you can tell he's forcing himself to, like, take bites of food, he just says, man, wow, that's something else. Like, so he, he's, he's cultivated this just positivity about him. That has persisted through the internet teardowns, through people making fun of his style, through everything else. His positivity is, is the longest lasting thing. And that's why his headlines, when they when they make it to my level where I see them, are Guy Fieri can't stop going to Rage Against the Machine concerts instead of Guy Fieri is a, is a bad, no good person. <laughs> Yeah, not Guy Fieri said X, Y, or Z bad thing or assaulted somebody. It's just, yeah. it's just nice. And we're going to be eating these words like if it comes out that he's some kind of creep. But so far, fingers crossed, it doesn't seem like that's happening. I mean, it's it's been a storied career. He's been around for a while. You people don't realize that diners, drive-ins, and dives. See, I can say it. Uh, premiered in. 2006. Yeah, so almost uh, 20 years. Yeah, tw- 42 seasons of this show. Yeah. I. What I love is I think he's been in interviews, and, and to your point where he doesn't say anything negative about anything he tries, in interviews he's essentially said like, hey, I'm bringing these places more publicity than they probably ever thought they'd get. I'm walking into what is most likely a family establishment where people are just trying to earn their living and I am not going to do them the disservice of making fun of them on national television. I am always going to have something kind to say. So that, I mean, that just shows you because, you know, so someone gets a show, they have the, 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 the ego, their head gets big and they, they start taking things for granted and maybe like, you know, not seeing things in the same light. He has the, that stamina that people who are famous should have where he can keep up. It's not an act, but he can keep up the, the, the hosting responsibility uh, so that he's never tearing anyone down inadvertently. And I think to add to, to add points onto Guy Fieri, 
If he's going to rage against the machine concerts in this day and age, you're you you know where he's at politically. Oh yeah. Like, he has pretty bulletproof political opinions if the band he can't stop seeing is like, fuck cops, fuck the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we should destroy the system and replace it with something new. Uh, listen, not only is Guy a food ally, he's a political ally. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that is an interpretation. You could also read it that he just he appreciates the music above the message. However, I like your interpretation more. I, I will say, since this is coming out now, Rage Against the Machine shows have been like a vocally against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like, oh, yeah, taking yeah. aside minutes of each show. Yes. And I think that if Guy wasn't politically aligned there, I don't think he'd <laughs> keep going. Like, yeah, you really have to be into it, I think. Yeah, there's been a hilarious backlash on Twitter and on other places online where, where the GOP and politicians therein are, are, they keep posting like, wow, raids against the machine. They've really gone off the deep end. Oh, I they used, man, they used to rock, but now they got woke. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, sorry. It, it's, it's literally like to borrow a fucking expression from the British. It's the name on the 10, like it <laughs> rates against the machine has always meant the establishment like that. That is how do you not understand that? Yeah. And it's not like their songs in the past weren't talking about the evils of a police force that's created solely to protect the property of the wealthy. Like they had whole songs just about that. Yeah. So, like, people cannot act like, oh, so here's the, here's what I think is really happening. And this is why those takes on Twitter make me mad. And it's not that these people had objectively good musical taste, because Rage Against the Machine is, I think, objectively good music. Uh, it's not that these people, like, had good musical taste just and just weren't listening to the lyrics. I think it's because these people, like, have always had bad taste, never listened to Rage Against the Machine, and as soon as it became politically expeditious to say that Rage Against the Machine became woke, they splatter the internet with these opinions that, like, no one's gonna care in their base if someone snaps back at them like, hey, have you listened to any of the lyrics? They don't care. I'm sure the entire time they were growing up, they were listening to, like, weird racist parody songs from some guy with thick rim glasses from the fifties on a record player on a country club. Like they never listen to good music. It's just expeditious to critique good music from the past. Now they yeah. never, they never liked it. They're, yeah, they never listened. <laughs> they're I posers. Mean, Name three of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, to borrow from the very extremely toxic trait. Name three raids against the machine songs. I cannot because I've never listened to them. Uh, but I do think it's funny that people are just missing the point. I've got a tweet here in response to a Fox News article about ro ro uh, rage against the machine railing against Roe v. Wade. Um, this comes from a person whose name I shall not say. Uh, they should stick to playing songs and doing their thing. Nothing worse than paying money to see a concert and be lectured on their political beliefs was close to walking out of a Marshall Tucker show last year 
when he kept going off on politics. So dumb. Also, <laughs> classic shut up and dribble defense. Yeah, exactly. But like, <laughs> the funny thing is like they are doing their thing. They're, they're, they're raging against the machine. Yeah, they've <laughs> always been doing their they've thing. They've always been doing it. Uh, here, Here's another... I just like reading tweets um, from uh, is this this guy's got a verified mark is he is he in the public sector I don't know who the fuck this guy is so I guess I won't say his his voice I won't say his name um, rage against the machine which previously demanded everyone take the Pfizer shot to attend their gig is now suddenly in favor of bodily anatomy oh and they're afraid to use the word woman what a sad decline since their nineties heyday. Dumb, stupid. All right, I'm not. I'm. This no longer is bringing me joy. Instead, it's making me angry. Raise against the machine, please. For the love of God, keep raising, raging. I'm just saying these people who pretend to have liked Rage Against the Machine in the '90s. I swear, the only music they listened to until they joined whatever dark satanic fraternity they joined in college, they probably just listened to the same four acapella songs about how black people should use different water fountains. Oh like these God. these people did not have a comprehensive yeah. musical education, or else they wouldn't have ended up. As they did. Exactly. Like music they probably listen to like what is the most American like old like old classic rock music, but not but not political classic rock. Bad company. They probably exclusively yes. listen to bad company. <laughs> They listen to Bad Company. They listen to no. I think the Eagles would may, would maybe be too progressive for them. They exclusively listen to the Beach Boys. <laughs> I don't know. Brian Wilson gets pretty weird. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, but not 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 all the time. They just not listen all to the, the hits. The hits. <laughs> yes, they they just listen to Surfing USA <laughs> over and over again while they think about killing the neighbor's cat. So that's when they when they hear make. <laughs> When they hear Make America Great Again, they translate it into, well, yeah, everybody was surfing. Everybody was surfing. Surfing, surfing USA. USA? I got to make yeah, everyone. no, absolutely. We got to all be surfing again, even <laughs> though I, I don't think I don't think anyone on average is surfing. Listen, Make America Surf Again. <laughs> That's my platform. Maz. <laughs> Masa. Masa. <laughs> No, they can't. They uh, they 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 wouldn't say masa because that's Spanish for corn, and you know how they feel about corn and people who speak Spanish. Oh, yeah, I suppose They're you're big right. Big fans of corn, just just not nixtamalized corn. They like American corn. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, they like creamed corn. Oh God. <laughs> Gross. They like creamed corn and scratchy records of barbershop quartets talking about the three-fifths <laughs> compromise. I just I just can't believe creamed corn is woke now. <laughs> creamed corn, listen, you you were doing your thing in the 1700s, and then you got woke. You got woke. You know uh, what but, they say, go woke, go broke. I, it's... It's just very annoying because I think that to me, a lot of these people's arguments are taken at face value and we don't actually analyze the more troubling thing, which is like these people never had a taste in music. 
this isn't an actual awakening for them. It's all part of a political machine to make uh, politically expeditious choices, uh, win and act like Rage Against the Machine has like an amount of cultural critical mass where they can take them down for being too woke. It's to create a response. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all of the GOP shit is much more insidious than people give it credit for. And that's why we'll stop talking about it now. That's why you have to uh, certain Rage Against the Machine lyrics that I I can't say as a call to action uh, because that would potentially get us in trouble. I mean, you could just be quoting a song out of context. <laughs> I, I could be. Listen, how I could just kill a man. Uh, Rage Against the Machine is good. They're great. They paved the way for great acts such as Corn and Limp Biscuit, unfortunately. I don't know who either of those are. You don't know Corn? I know it's spelled with a K and the R is backwards. That's all I know. Okay, that's really all you need to know. Okay. That <laughs> one guy had a seven string guitar. That's really all you need to know. I, I, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Thank you for taking my word for it. Well, Henry. Yes, John. I, I know that we were talking about certain Rage Against the Machine lyrics that we can't say or else we could get the podcast in hot water. Not to say that those lyrics would have anything to do with, like, ending lives, uh, but I have a little bit of news for you. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping for like a call and response. Oh, okay. I, here, do, do it again. I can't. Come on, come on, do it again. Uh, speaking of Rage Against the Machine lyrics and the potential ending of lives, I've got some news for you. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. phone goes off. Oh Perfect. my God, the curvy noise. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, tell John, tell me about that news you got. So you might remember quite some time ago, I think nearing the end of 2021, uh, so just about a year ago, we talked about now a friend of the podcast, one Eric Charles Mond. Are you familiar? Oh, yes, the owner of Mond Toyota? Yes, uh, though... It seems to be that Mond Toyota, or Charles Mond Toyota, as he used to be called, is uh, pretty strict about their language. So he is a a partner, a past partner of oh. Charles Mond Toyota. They're very careful in their language. But you remember that he uh, was arrested for hire, allegedly hiring a hitman to kill a Nashville woman and her significant other in a car in the dead of night because of an alleged affair. Yes, I do remember all of that because I was the one who reported on it. Well, I've got the sister story for you. Coming oh. directly uh, from the Austin affiliate KX KXAN. I think it's a NBC affiliate. I don't know. Uh, but a former partner at an Austin-based auto group and three others were indicted on murder for hire charges after a Nashville woman and man were killed in March 2020, according to U.S. Attorney Mark H. Wildassen for the Middle District of Tennessee. 
Eric Charles Mond, 47, Gilad Peled, I'm reading the names for a reason, 48, and Byron Brian Brockway, 47, all of Austin, Texas, and Adam Carey, 31, of Richlands, North Carolina, were charged with murder for hire, conspiracy to kidnap resulting in death, and kidnapping resulting in death. Interesting that those are two separate charges. Interesting. Uh, So, obviously charged with murder for hire. Uh, Since his arrest, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, Mond, a former partner in the Mond Automotive Group, redundant, had a murder-for-hire charge added to his previous charges. Oh, Uh, no. The DOJ said that after being arrested, Paled told Mond that one of the co-conspirators involved in the kidnapping and murders wanted more money. The indictment also alleges that Mond agreed to pay the co-conspirator an additional twenty-five thousand, and then offered Paled fifty thousand to arrange to pay Brockway a hundred thousand for the murder of the co-conspirator to cut off any future requests for payment <laughs> oh, for the no. original. So, allegedly, all of this is alleged. Of course, uh, allegedly, after being arrested, Charles Mond could not get enough of of murder for hire and then tried to arrange one of the murderers for hire to murder another one of the murderers for hire for hire. I think it's it's the classic mix up. It's it's he made the classic mistake of hiring one of the one of the two murderers for hire to to murder the other murder for hire. Yeah, I I don't know how you close that loop other than you kill the final murderer for hire. Right, because like, okay, so let's say the first murderer for hire was like blackmailing him or extorting him for hush money. And so he hires the second one to to kill off the first. Well, then what's stopping the second one from extorting Charles Munn for hush money? So I think in a lot of ways... uh. This is going to sound weird, but Charles Mond is a victim in this. He is also a perpetrator, allegedly, to be clear. Uh, But he has repeatedly kind of been victimized by a system that is uh, ripe for victimization and that he hired people to murder. First of all, series of events. He allegedly entered into a relationship with this Nashville, Tennessee woman. Uh, This Nashville, Tennessee woman's significant other was made aware of it and then blackmailed Eric Charles Mond uh, for a certain amount of money. Mond then hired hitmen, allegedly, to kill those two people. One of the hitmen then (laughs) blackmailed Eric Charles Mond. It doesn't end. No. And and he has been uh, victimized kind of every step of the way. And I think the initial alleged hit cost him about $750,000. And it seems like subsequent promises have maybe left him out about a million dollars. Oh, man, to have that much money. (laughs) So essentially at the end of all of this he's out a million dollars and his life is ruined and only two-thirds of the people he wanted murder to have been murdered (laughs) so really a lose 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 for charles yeah yeah really not uh it's interesting because he's like i gotta kill these people because they're gonna blackmail me out of money 
So I better lose a million dollars and destroy my life. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to lose out on some of my profits from my car dealership. Better press the nuclear option button for my entire life. Because I just, I keep getting taken advantage of. I, I can't even go to the cops. Listen, people say that you really start to know how to play chess when you can just think one move ahead. And I think that there's a real failure to think one move ahead in everything that has transpired, allegedly for Eric Charles Bond. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, he was already in trouble for the first bouts of murder for hire and all of the charges that went with it. Adding this on top of it, I feel like he's he's going to get one of them, uh, one of them, the one of those. Um, compounding sentences that just kind of puts him away for a while. Well, the issue is that he was already up for life. Uh, murder for hire is taken very seriously. Well, you uh, can, uh, you can serve multiple life sentences. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I think that this is certainly going to make the, uh, the judge and jury maybe take less pity on him. Right. Than they would have, despite the fact that he's been, He's been victimized in all this, and really it's just uh, callousness and lack of planning that has led to all of this, allegedly. I mean, uh, listen, I, I don't, <laughs> you, can, you can't feel, I can't feel bad for the guy who arranged people to die, allegedly. Yeah, for sure. Someone can be a victim and still an asshole, and you, right. don't have, you don't always have to feel bad for someone for being a victim. It's just a state that people can be in. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. There's nothing special about victimhood. It's the circumstances of your victimhood that make you worth considering. Right. Uh, you can be a real asshole and you are the, <laughs> a victim of your own choices and no one should ever feel sorry for you. I do think that were I in Eric Charles Mann's position, uh, if you are married to someone and you do have an affair, first of all, don't do that. Uh... <laughs> Just generally, it's a good it's a good point of practice uh, just not to do that, especially if you have a lot of money and if an affair came to light, you stood to lose all of it or a lot of it because you didn't have a prenup. Uh, if someone blackmails you for that cost of doing business, you just kind of have to pay that person money or be OK with losing maybe half of your stuff in a messy divorce. Uh, leave it at that. Eric Charles Mond, uh, because to pursue it further is foolish. Yeah. Pay the price for your mistakes. Listen, I know a lot of people listening to this, this is going to be the wake up call that you need to hear. A hitman is not the answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nine, nine times out of 10, it's going to be the FBI doing a sting, trying to catch people who are trying to, you know, hire murderers or hire. Uh, the one time it does get through, it's going to be two guys, and one of them's going to try to blackmail you for, for money after the initial payment. So it's that time-honored adage, uh, don't do the crime if you can't afford to keep paying off one of the people you hired to pull off the crime for an indefinite amount of time. Or until you can kill them yourself, I suppose. Well, uh, just, yeah. but, but don't kill people or kill people by proxy. And I also think maybe an error that Mr. Mond made is that I, I firmly believe that there are hit people out there. Um, 
people who do hits who are uh, discreet will not blackmail you. And uh, it's it's a it's a service, and it happens all the time. But those people aren't available to millionaires. <laughs> those people are only available to billionaires and yeah. to certain governments. Right, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. I, I think if you're a millionaire, listen, there there are certain things you can't do at some income brackets. In my income bracket, if I tried to fly private, I'd be flying in like a biplane full of chickens and then (laughs) crash on an island. I could do it technically, but it's not a good idea. If you're a millionaire, you can hire a hitman, but you're not going to be pleased with the quality. No. Yeah. I mean, you really, you get what you pay for. And if you're, if you're shelling out sub million dollar prices for hits, I, it just, I don't think you're, that's not a quality, it's not a quality hit in my view. Yeah, you're not getting Ryan Gosling in The Gray Man. You're yeah. getting the guys from Fargo. Yeah, you're getting the guys from Fargo or Matt Damon in The Informant. Yeah, you're 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 getting a subpar product. Yep. Oh, so you know, oh. be careful listeners of this podcast when you buy a hit person. What know is... what you're getting into. Make sure that they have five stars on the app. Yeah, what a sad end to a sadder story. And just, you know, they're going to leave you a review, so make sure you leave them a nice review, too. <laughs> but, you know, call, you know, leave feedback if there was anything to improve on, because they can change their review of you later. So, you know, it's not like a quid pro quo situation. Uh, but, you know, just do and do alike. Treat your hitmen well. I don't I don't think I have anything to add. I uh had you ever like find yourself leaving a review for a rental property you just stayed at the previous weekend with a bunch of friends and you turn into an entirely fucking different person? No, it's never happened to me. I uh you ever left a review for a short-term rental? No, I have not. That explains why it has not happened. Yeah. Uh, Every time I leave, I don't know who I become, to be honest with you, because they're like, please remember to leave us a rating. I I try to be nice. And then when I enter things, I'm like, from the simple amenities and comfortable beds (laughs) to the the delightful vaulted ceilings bedecked with ceiling medallions. It was a refined stay mere minute. Like I become this extremely like effusive, strange review personality. And I don't know where that comes from. Okay, I, I thought you were going to say you just tear apart. You enjoyed the stay, but when it comes time for the review, you just tear them apart. I've only torn apart one short-term rental, which was deserved. But honestly, for the most part, as long as I can get out of a short-term rental with them without them giving me like a chore list, I'm fine. Right. Yeah, it was a pretty nice place, covered in spiders, but it was fine. A lot of spiders, delicious. One huge roach. Uh, outside or inside? There was a roach inside. There was a whole thing. We killed it. We removed its body. Oh man, wood roach. It was a wood roach. Should have told me. I I could have torn them apart. No. We didn't want to I bother mean, you. You were the guest of honor. Thank you. They were nice. The, the Reasonably. roaches? Reasonably. The, the, the nice. roaches were very nice. They brought yeah. me some towels. Okay. Okay. They just scared me and I didn't like it. Yeah, I hate roaches. Can't stand them. It's like the one bug that 
I save every bug, but if I see a roach, there's like a 50% chance my like chimp instincts will take over and I'll just smash it and feel bad about it. Yeah, exactly. RIP that roach and the hundreds of other roaches I've killed. His name was Charles. <laughs> Charles the roach? His name was He's Charles. He's the one who brought me my towels. Oh, he should not have been around us. Too sad. Should have warned him. Yeah. Anyway, we hope the best for Charles Mond, uh, potentially in prison. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we hope the best for his rehabilitation in our American prison system, in which if he is found guilty uh, of the crimes he has been alleged of, uh, he'll be intimately familiar with in long, long times. And I will, uh, I, I'll keep an ear to the ground about, uh, about Mr. Mond, see if he orders any other hits from prison. We'll see. Oh, it's impossible to conduct business from prison. I mean, he might get a cell phone. Oh, okay. Listen, I could I could call in a hit right now. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be clean. <laughs> Neither was this one. <laughs> uh, mine will be worse. Oh, okay. Yeah, I only have a couple thousand dollars. Imagine the, the bargain basement hit I could buy. Yeah, it's like the, the um, well, I don't know if the store exists, but like the Rite Aid of of hits. Oh, no, this is going to be like the, what's what's the bad Walmart brand that's not great value? It's like Mega Food or something. It'll be the I, Mega I, Food of hits. The, the Dr. Thunder of hits. Yeah, it'll be the Mountain Lightning of hits. <laughs> RC Cola of hits. I, uh, unfortunately I did order a hit from a man named Mountain Lightning. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, well, he, ab- he absconded with my money to the Catskills. Oh, the, ca- oh, the mountains. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, a festival <laughs> where people show off the skills of their cats. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Listen, bad hitman, phenomenal cat trainer, empathetic like you wouldn't believe. He just needed money to fund his cat training business, so he had to work on the side as a hitman. Only he never did the hits. Because what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to go to the police if I steal your money for doing a hit? Listen, i that's why I didn't do the chargeback on him. I knew he needed to pursue his art. Wait. There, <laughs> there was, was a paper on a trail. Cre- <laughs> it was on a, no, it was all on credit. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was all on credit. I feel like that's not the way to go, but, uh, I, you know, who am I to judge, I guess? Listen, you live and you learn. Ideally, some people don't live and learn. Uh, but the people I ordered the hit on are still alive and still, unfortunately, learning more and more of my secrets. <laughs> oh, God. Soon they'll, they'll, they'll have them all. Uh, they'll have them all, including, John, your carbon footprint for flying on that private jet of yours. <laughs> yes, the um, uh, G6? Is I that heard the one you, you're referring to? <laughs> I heard you try to deflect earlier. You said, oh, if I tried to fly private, I'd be surrounded by chickens. Only if those chickens were multi-million dollar Instagram models. You're right. I, I was trying. <laughs> that, is what, that is what I call my multi-million dollar Instagram model entourage. The chickens. 
We all know you, John. You fly tr- you fly private so often. You're on a top ten list of the celebs who have racked up the most CO two emissions this year by using their private jets. That's right. I call them the chickens because they only care about the buck, buck, bucks. That was really good. Thank you. Uh, but yes, I am on that list. I am fabulously wealthy, and I'm bad. You're bad to the bone. You're, you're among the ranks, such as Travis Scott, who I don't, is that, is that like a football guy? Uh, he is a rapper. He's also the guy who got all those people stampeded. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. You don't remember the Astro World? Yeah. yeah. Astro World. He's that guy. Yikes. Okay. So I, I think his carbon footprint might be the least of his crimes. <laughs> it, it just paints a, like a more general picture of him as a person. Yeah, so he he has 3,033.3 tons of CO2 flight emissions this year. Jesus Christ. And it only gets larger from there. Uh, Next on our list is Oprah Winfrey. But Oprah's so nice. Oh, she's nicer than Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Oh my God. There's so many people he has to go beat up. (laughs) He's on a constant (laughs) schedule. He's on a constant circuit of allegedly beating people to the point of blindness. I mean, so a little little fun fact. He loves Christ. Little fun facts about Mark Wahlberg. He only sleeps about four hours a night uh, because he always has to get to the airport (laughs) to (laughs) to get on a on a private jet to go beat up somebody. He's like sleep four hours, pray two hours, fly private to allegedly beat someone to the point of blindlessness. Forty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, next on our list is Kim Kardashian, who I have I have no comments about. I mean, bad person. So yeah, this one's okay. surprising. Yeah. Uh, number six on the list with four thousand four hundred and sixty five tons of CO two flight emissions this year is uh, famed movie director Steven Spielberg. Come on, man. I was hoping what, Spielberg would be cool. What is he doing? He's not He's not directing. What, yeah, what he's he not doing? putting out any movies. He's not That's doing for a damn movie. sure. Uh, I mean, so now there's some, like, Blake Shelton, who I guess is like a country music guy, A-Rod, who used to play baseball. A lot of these people sound lame in that I don't care about what they do. Which brings us to the top three. Now, what sparked all of this is that uh, apparently Kylie Jenner took like a 17-minute flight uh, or something like that. And that got everybody else kind of like talking about, oh, man, all these flights that her people are taking. Uh, Jay-Z was, was like came right under Kylie Jenner by taking like a 14-minute flight. Uh, he's also number three on our list. Okay. Okay. Yeah, six thousand nine hundred and eighty-one point three tons. Not a good person. Not not a good person. Uh, and the number two is Floyd Mayweather, who I think is a UC UFC fighter or a boxer. Boxer. He's a boxer. Pretty okay. famous for boxing. Uh, Connor McGregor, who is also not a great guy, but it's good to know that uh, Floyd Mayweather can go on all those flights. Well, allegedly dodging all of those taxes. Right. He's also famous for boxing us in with CO2 flight emissions with 7,076.8 tons. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he, He averages 25 flights per month or one per day, which 
that doesn't that's not how math works <laughs> yeah i don't think that's um... <laughs> uh, i mean short- sure if you round up <laughs> the shortest flight time on the list uh was 10 minutes oh boy uh well how far can you go on a private jet in 10 minutes like i don't that's like up. That's we make fun of like little hour flights because they go up down, but like that's like going up at like forty five degree angles, making a ninety degree descent and then going down. I mean, what does a private jet fly at? Like four to six or seven hundred miles per hour? Yeah, maybe I, I could. I could look up like average let's, speed. Let's, of a- let's say six hundred. I'm pr- I'm relatively confident in that. Uh, so let's see. 604 miles per hour is the average speed of a private jet. I'm amazingly close. You were you were fantastically close. Uh, 600 divided by 60 times 10. That's 100 miles. So he's going 100 miles. He's going 100 miles. A very easily drivable distance. Right. Like, like an hour and a half maybe on the freeway. That's insane to me. That's I, I mean, a lot of this is people just flying private because they can, I guess. I get it's kind of one of those things where uh, for, uh, I guess, someone of lesser means, like you buy, let's say, a boat. Um, mm-hmm. It's the biggest expense of the past 10 years of your life. You buy this boat, you pay the marina fees. And you've got a free weekend, and in the back of your head, it sort of nags at you. It's like, well, I did buy that boat. I guess I need to take it out. Yeah, I I did buy that G6. I did buy that private jet. And the number one on our list uh, is very sad for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's an icon, an icon I have talked about on this podcast a lot. Uh, released two albums during the pandemic and blew the world away in a time when we needed to be blown away. Number one on our list, John is Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Taylor Swift with 8,293.54 tons. Is anyone like operating under the assumption that Taylor Swift is like a good person? Uh, yeah, she speaks and sings what's on everyone's mind, John. She's she's an empath to the nth most degree. Yeah, I'm sure whatever music. people write her songs for her are really good <laughs> at exemplifying certain personality traits. Uh, racking up a total of 170 flights in her private jet since January. <laughs> or one a day. <laughs> <laughs> or one a day. She's amassed a vast 22,923 minutes in the air, or 15.9 days. Again, why? That's, uh, it's really strange, the units they're using generally. Uh, her average flight time is 100... Her average flight time is 80 minutes. 100 seconds. <laughs> 80 <laughs> minutes. Uh, so, But the thing that's coming out is that... Uh, she, she, so people are going after her, of course, because everyone's swept up in this private private jet fiasco that's been happening over the past couple of weeks. And she's had to come out and say that she wasn't even on most of those 170 trips her private jet took this year. She lets other people fly on the jet. It isn't always her. Okay, cool. 
I guess. Yeah, it's not always her, John. I mean, who else is on that private plane? Um... I mean, it's cool that you let someone else use your private jet, but private jets are are bad. Um, you, you know, you think if you would make a, uh, you, you think if you would make like this statement, you would you would say who was on it, but you'd think so. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't want to implicate anyone else. <laughs> what, what if? What if people find the flight logs? It's like, yeah, she took every one of those flights except one. And that one was Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, so, so here, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, uh, so um, Swift's team quickly issued swiftly issued a statement to Rolling Stone, clarifying that Swift isn't isn't even on most of those flights. Being a generous soul, she loans her jet out liberally, apparently, so she's not the one taking the flights. Um, I mean, that's cool, but private jets are still really bad, and you should limit right. the amount of times you use them. Right. Um, so that's not really solving the problem, T-Swift. So they issued that statement. They offered no names. I guess, you know, flight logs are private, I, I suppose. Uh, but all of which culminated in today... Uh, Taylor Swift hid behind an umbrella while she exited her private jet this very day. She's like, hee hee hee, they could think it's anyone that I lent my private jet to. Yeah. Um... I mean, good. I think people should have to hide. Is that is yeah. that a is that a controversial statement that like it's it's good for us to publicly shame people for doing damaging, wasteful things on a regular basis, and they should feel shamed and afraid for doing those things. So this is where we need to we need to we need to pitch a solution, John. This is a problem. A lot of the famouses of the world are facing backlash for how much they use their private jets. That's why I'm introducing a new feature of Uber pool called uber private jet pool or if you're a famous assist you can list your needs you could book a flight and then other people can see who else is flying to la or new york because those are the only two places these these jets go uh and they can they can pool the resources and share a private jet together yeah, they can fill all eight seats, which is way better than just having like one person on there. And uh, well, yeah, they're going to fill all eight seats. I'm also advocating for these Uber pools to install uh, more seats at the cost of leg room, uh, filling up the entire private jet with no less than 20 seats. And we can have certain different classes. Uh, there could be a first class that is reserved for the owner of the jet. They get the first seat. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe the first row of seats. Uh, and then they can have other classes that are your comfort plus your comfort pluses, your business, your economies, uh, that that's all determined by the ranking of the celebrity who wants to <laughs> book the flight. So, because of course we can't have your, um, Tom greens. 
Sorry, Tom Green. I'm sorry, Tom Green. <laughs> no, I, I think Tom Green knows what strat of fame he's in right now. We we can't have your 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 Tom Green sitting in the front of Taylor Swift's jet. That's just not that's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally agree, and it's up to what they're willing and able to pay. And I want to be clear that Uber private celeb jet is going to use the seating arrangements from those really uh those really horrifying like concept seating arrangements in planes double where decks people are like zed on top of each other where yes. when you sit you're looking at someone's ass and they can just fart yeah. in your face but it's a famous ass so yeah absolutely is that, is that better or is that worse? We'll let the celebs decide. We'll let the celebs decide. They might be into it. We don't know or if care. You're on, if you're on Celebrity Delta, if you're on Celebrity Comfort Plus, I almost blew up my airline of choice. <laughs> uh, if if you're on Celebrity Comfort Plus, you get one complimentary drink and you can strangle one member of the proletariat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They'll bring them by... Now we do have to uh, make the uh, the clarification that these so a lot there, there's some sacrifice with with your this this new app because the the pilots will be regular Uber drivers. Yeah, no, they will not be pilots. They will not be pilots. Um, sorry, sorry to pilots and to Uber drivers. Yes, so, you know what? Both of them are getting a pretty raw deal. <laughs> It's going to be hard to maintain five stars when you keep crash landing. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, this this private jet problem kind of starts to take care of itself after a little while. That's kind of the point. After the first couple of crashes, test flights, if you will, I'm going to think uh, the, the celebrities aren't going to want to take their private jets anymore. We're going to see a lot more, a lot more high profile people in that first class section of the... Uh, your airline of choice. Yeah, they're uh, they're really going to move into the business class on like Lufthansa. I guess if, only if they're flying internationally to certain countries. They'll be flying business class. And you know what? Listen, I'm a member of the semi-proletariat. And I fly whatever the grade up from economy is if I can help it. And I feel like a fucking king. I cannot imagine that a celebrity would like look at business class and be like oh i have a little cubicle all to myself on unlimited free drinks and food and entertainment pshaw it's it's all status it's status to fly on a on a private jet like yes so these people are killing the planet for vanity right so after the 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 crash of uh uber select flights pool x yeah, let's uh, say two or three. Let's just name a couple celebrities who were killed. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, uh, yes. Um, just, you know, the ones, the ones that would make the most buzz. Uh, so, and ones that no one likes. So, um, Unfortunately, like some celebrities who were in Coach got killed. Like Goche, who, who made that song in like 2013 or whatever. Yeah, and we apologize. Uh, Woody Allen is also gone. I don't know why I apologized before <laughs> him. Yeah, Woody Allen is gone. Um, yeah. Three of the white guys from SNL have been just yeah. completely obliterated. Uh, we don't uh, know their names. 
Yeah, they were all kind of fused together in the crash. They, it was they just died kind as of they a lived. Mass of of white mediocrity. Yeah, we um, couldn't tell where Colin Joe started and Andrew Desmukes ended. Yeah, and and that goes for when they were alive too. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. like Colin Jost. <laughs> they, uh, they died as they lived. Kind of yeah. the same. No, they're all very different and great. They're all different and great. But yeah, so if, after a couple of those crashes, yeah, the airlines are going to need to step up their, their business select comfort select plus for go members. Uh, and, and that's what's got, that's going to translate into is just better planes for everyone. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're playing the celebrity, they're going to have demands. Yeah, they're going to have gonna demands. And they're going to blow you up on social media. Yeah, there's going to finally be accountability. We're not going to be able to throw away Yao Ming's violin now because he is in business select select plus for military veterans only. Now, of course, there is a darker version of this future where it gets worse for the average uh, traveler. Wait, is Yao because- Ming the basketball player? <laughs> Yes, Yao is. I did uh, not want Ma? to say Yo Yo Ma. Yo Yo Ma. He's the one who plays a stringed <laughs> yes. instrument. Cello. Whoops a daisy. <laughs> no facts about that were right. And I, for a second, thought that Yao Ming <laughs> had a Stradivarius. Nope. Uh, but I think there is a darker version of this future where, of course, the celebrities are like, on, I don't know, Instagram Live or TikTok, whatever, being like, I don't like that I can see the people in economy <laughs> class. Yep. And then people are just herded into the back of economy class like cattle. They take our seats away. I, I hope There's that's... a big door that locks. They yeah. don't pressurize that part of the plane. Oh, no. Oh, they just die. They just yeah. die. Yeah. Every, every time... Every flight, no. I, I hope that I hope it would make the embers. Uh, yeah, one would hope. A raising, uh, raising, a rising oh tide raises all ships. Well, I guess you just proved it would not work. <laughs> How many <laughs> it, times has that been said? Listen, it's it's entirely possible that it, celebrities would make it better. I also think we should maybe try to help the plan a little bit and pass legislation that for the next five years, celebrities can only travel via Greyhound. Oh, yeah. It's really a make-up or a catch-up with the damage that's been done in recent years. So, yeah, a five-year hiatus on, on celebrity flights. You got to travel by Greyhound, not car. It specifically says in the bill, Greyhound bus. Because I don't know if you know this, a, a car can fit maybe at max five people. A bus can fit like a hundred to maybe just a hundred people. Yeah, it's almost like buses and trains are kind of the answer for this whole climate change thing vis-a-vis our modes of travel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have to travel via Greyhound. But the best celebrities, of course, can travel via the uh, Amtrak sleeper cabins. Okay, so Tom Hanks is getting a sleeper cabin. Yeah, Tom Hanks gets a two foot by five and a half foot bed and a lukewarm bagel every morning. Ooh, lukewarm, ritzy. A little warm. It was warmed by the sun. Was not put in a toaster <laughs> or nothing. No, oven. the cr- the cart was just sitting in the sun for a little too long. Yeah. So it's a a sun warmed dry bagel. 
yes. for Mr. Hanks. There is no cream. Forrest Gump. There is no cream cheese. Please stop asking. There's no cream cheese. You do get a packet of crackers. <laughs> you could maybe if you smush the crackers like thin enough and it could make kind of a paste if you want to spread that. Uh, but again, there are no utensils and the bagel is not cut. You can go to the dining car and there is surprisingly good food, but you will be recognized. You will be. You can. So, and there, there's a dress code. Sorry. No hats and sunglasses because we know that trick. Yeah, no hats, no sunglasses. You gotta come in wearing joggers and a shirt that says "Celebrity, touch me." Yes, and uh, surprisingly, uh, after enacting this uh, train and, and greyhound thing, uh, murders on greyhounds and trains <laughs> just shot through the roof, and and so did the rise of gentlemen detectives. Go figure. Yeah, it's it's really strange. A lot of people with very peculiar mustaches are solving the world's greatest crimes. We're creating prob- problems? We're creating... <laughs> we're, we're creating... Listen, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. We we're are creating problems. We're creating jobs. We're helping out the economy and the planet. And we're, we're making sure that these celebrities stay a little more grounded, that they don't get these big ideas like they're Jesus or something. Yeah, I, I also think I thought for a second that uh, when you said we're creating problems, <laughs> you were misspeaking and saying we're creating Poirot. And I just imagined the detective Hercule Problems. I am Hercule Problems. <laughs> I don't like anything the same. No. No, make I it complicate all complicate everything. Gal Gadot. The, you know what they say, where there's trouble, there's problems. <laughs> yes. Uh, the famed book series. I want to make a detective named Problems now. Listen, you're the writer. Oh, all fuck. I do is write effusive Airbnb reviews. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> I won't. Don't remind me that I'm a writer. Not, not about your oh. Airbnb reviews. Yeah, my Airbnb re- reviews are pretty good. They could be put into any chat book. <laughs> there's actually a there's a there's an author here in Austin who who got a start writing like real estate listings for fantastical places like Hyrule and Mordor and things like that. So I mean, there, there's a market for everything, John. I. Listen, if my niche is writing short stories in the form of Airbnb reviews that uh, tell of a sad life untold in word, but told in imagination in the style of for sale baby shoes never worn, then I found my niche. There's a whole genre called flash or microfiction where I feel like that would be apropos. (laughs) Okay, I'll, I'll investigate this. I want to be book wealthy. Yeah, we all do. Now that Penguin Random House and some other company are trying to merge. Please stop the merges. It's just, it's, it's just, it's going to make. What would, listen, how could, how would it damage the written word if the two publishers who publish almost 80% of all written work uh, that is published merged? How could that make a problem? Disney hasn't been a problem. <laughs> I mean,. There hasn't been a significant compression of the creative imagination as displayed on streaming services because of Disney has there. 
That hasn't happened. And Deadpool's on Disney Plus. Is that? It's rated R. Great. Logan is on Disney Plus. It's an inspirational movie. It's a good movie. Listen to our supplemental reading of Logan. Oh, yeah, do that. That was back when we analyzed things meaningfully. Oh, we still do. We just haven't been inspired in a while. By the way, we need to do a Spider Man one to placate the masses. We do. The masses are clamoring. But for now, my mouth is dry and I'm out of things to wet it with, which is to say, I think our time here is up. That's right, and as occurs every time we run out of mouth wetness, that means I, with my uh, rapidly deteriorating mouth, must do the uh, social media reads, Uh, and I wish I really had a better segue to ask you, with with hopefully your very wet mouth, uh, you know, you're hanging around the house, you can drink a lot of water, Uh, you you can take that wet, watery mouth to Twitter... And uh, type with your hopefully moisturized finger fing- fingers, fingers, a tweet to us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. That stands for Henry. That stands for I didn't look up an uh, anagram maker. So this is what you get this week, folks. I find myself in that position almost every week. You'd think I'd learn. If you want to send us an email, a special little email, email for me increasingly is becoming a refuge in the land of DMs, Slacks, Discords, and Microsoft Teams messages. So know that if you send me an email, I will be heartened. You can send that email to email at zerocredits.net, a website that exists and is still being paid for. As far as where you can find this podcast, you've already found it if you've listened this far. But if you want anyone else to find this podcast, we are almost everywhere podcasts are found. Good pods, pod chaser. Don't know if I should say those anymore. One of those changed their names, but Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, where on all of them except oh, oh. whoop can i can i give a fun fact absolutely and and all the trouble with apple podcasts and all the other scrapers not updating a google podcast was not missing a single episode so for what that's worth as someone who's been listening to podcasts pretty much nonstop for the last 10 years, I've migrated entirely to Google Podcasts. It saves where you are in individual episodes between devices. It's a really nice feature. We love you, Google Podcasts. However, what we love more than Google Podcasts is for you to get out there in the real world, assuming you don't have some kind of travel crud, a sniffly little nose. We took our cat... To the vet, they gave her ketamine, put her under, because she's a fractious little beast who will bite you. A cat bite will get infected in an instant, they told me. But she was with a bunch of other cats. Now she's got a little kitty cold. So if you have travel crud or a kitty cold, don't do this. But if you're healthy otherwise, please go up to strangers in the street and tell them about our podcast, because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell strangers, tell loved ones, tell yourself in the mirror while you frantically practice kissing your reflection for the day, ultimately, when you will finally kiss 
yourself. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Private Jet Hanger, we just want to wish you guys a happy flight. Where you want to fly to next, Henry? Bermuda? British Columbia? Nanaimo? Let's hit them all, John. Let's fly to San Antonio from Austin. Hell yeah. I forgot to put you on the list of celebrities. Woo! (laughs) Woo! Goodbye! Goodbye. They love ebbs. Ebb and ebbs. Very big ebb and ebbs fan. They love ebbs. I'm, they my big favorite candy ebbs. is ebb and ebbs. I like my ebb and ebbs. <laughs> you said that in the, the saddest one's <laughs> down. I like my ebb and ebbs. Uh, my voice is doing weird things to me lately. So Uh-oh. have fun. We're going to have fun. Like, I'm straining to speak right now. So, uh, do you think that's because you talked a lot over the weekend? Uh, could be. It could be also that uh, I've been dealing with the symptoms of COVID, but not COVID, for the past like three weeks. Oh boy! Uh, interesting. I keep uh, testing negative, so you could go to an ENT. <laughs> oh no, they're just going to tell me I need new ears, nose, and throats. No, they'll just tell you that uh, you need to defeat Saruman.